So God, we have Dwayne Rembrandt back with us. If you've been around Gateway for a while, he needs no introduction to you. He's preached for us twice in the last, I guess, about six months or so. First time he shared with us his story of God's grace at work in his life and how God redeemed him and ransomed him and set him free and just is using him. And the last time he came in, he shared with us a vision of that God has given him for planting a church in Chisholm. And he preached from God's word to us uh, about being light in our community. And we were challenged by that. And he's back today to do two things for us. We ask you to do one, to preach God's word. That's the most important He's going to talk to us about God's grace. Friends, we've been working through Ephesians. We've seen God's grace over and over and over again. And Dwayne's going to further that theme is to think about being strengthened by grace. But we've also asked him to give us an update on the church that he's starting. We call it a church plant. But he's starting a church in the Chisholm area that's launching in hopefully the next month or so. And he's going to give us more timelines on all that and tell us what's going on so we know how to pray for that. So Dwayne, if you're, if you're new to Gateway and not sure of his background, he's the youth pastor at Strong Tower at Washington Park. Very much a like-minded sister church in this community. He's on staff in the Montgomery Baptist Association where he is a school liaison helping churches like Gateway get connected with Montgomery schools so we can be salt and light and be a blessing to the schools. He also oversees a ministry called Flatline where he goes and he does evangelistic rallies in the community and in schools and does lots of things. And he probably has about five other ministries I'm not even aware of yet with all that he does. But God has really gifted and anointed Dwayne to, to be light in this city and to make a difference and to rally the troops, so to speak, to mobilize churches to make a difference. And we are so thankful here at Gateway that in the providence of God and his kindness to us, our paths cross and a friendship has developed. And we're so excited to welcome Dwayne back. I want to pray for you, brother, before you come to preach God's word. Father, we are thankful for Dwayne. We are grateful for his friendship. We are grateful for his faithfulness as an ambassador of the gospel. And God, I pray today for your anointing over our brother as he shares your word, that your Holy Spirit will fill him afresh and he'll proclaim your words today. And we know that your words do not return void. They accomplish what you desire. Our confidence is in your word. And I pray your word would transform us today. Give us a bigger vision today of your grace, Lord, of just of your glory. And we would come away transformed and more in love with you because we've encountered you this day. Work through our brother, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you join me in welcoming Dwayne back to Gateway? Pretty exciting to, can y'all hear me? We good? Okay. Pretty exciting to be back here. Uh, man. Can't be Baptist. Wonderful folks. Uh, I'm always lost for words um, just starting off here because of the love that me and my family feel every time we walk off in this place. It's just amazing. This place looked like heaven to me. <laughs> yeah, it feels like heaven. Uh, and CJ office back there. I mean, I got all kind of revelation just sitting up in his office. I'm like, I really didn't want to come from back there for real. Some stuff for the sermon I got back there. I'm like, man, see a lot of praying going on back there. <laughs> yeah, but uh, like Pastor Grady said, um, uh, just I just thank God for um, him, his wife Julie, Seth. Thank, you know, y'all told I told y'all last time. Seth introduced me to some good old black food. Some good old uh, what is it? Uh, what's the place we eat at all the time? Where is he? Island Delight. I think I've eaten there about 50 times since Seth took me there. <laughs> uh, CJ's family, um, Miss Suzanne, my co-worker over there. Um, uh. <laughs> now I see you every day. <laughs> right. I am 44 years old. Lisa! 
Miss Lisa, Susanna, another one of my coworkers. So just thank God for y'all. Uh, Grady did ask me to give you an update on Flatline Church. Flatline knows an edgy name. Like, man, Flatline, that sounds demonic. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but it's, it's actually derived from Romans chapter 6, verse 11. And that scripture says, I reckon you to be dead to sin, but alive to God through Christ Jesus. So in order to live, you got to die. You got to die before you die so you can live. So the whole basis, the whole heartbeat behind everything that we do at Flatline Movement and Flatline Church is, 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 the, is, the, is the principle of it's not about you. It's about serving God through serving others. You know, so no big eyes, no, none of this other stuff is not welcome there because you cannot serve God. People, you can't look down on somebody. Listen, you can't serve somebody that you're looking down on. So you have to die to yourself so that you can serve God. People, So that's the whole premise behind uh, Flatline Church. Um, we pretty much launched, launched it in uh, January. Our first service will be April the 14th. Uh, and for that particular reason, I mean, I, we can, I can preach in that now, you know, but God... Uh, instructed us uh, to engage the community in a different way. I mean, uh, before, I'm also a chaplain of the Lee High School football team, so I'm very, very close to the boys, and most of those guys live out there. So I've, I've had a great relationship with the boys, but I uh, don't know the community that well. So as I canvassed the community and began to speak to community leaders and, and restaurants and parents, and they was like, Dwayne, we're excited that you come because our children tell us about you all the time. But when you come, you need to come different because this community don't trust the church. So getting that information, God, I went back to prayer and fast and God said, okay, engage them 90 days in three different ways. Because I learned that from the hotel business. I also used to be the general manager of Air Hampton Inn in my grandma. I opened the one downtown. Uh, next to the Renaissance, I also opened the one out by when Hyundai first came to Montgomery, opened the one out by the airport. And I learned a lot. You know, God take you through even on your job to, to, to prepare you for ministry. He's developing you even on your job right now. So so things that I learned on my job that I'm applying right now, even when it comes to ministry. So uh, the, proud, the instruction from the Lord was to engage that community three different ways in 90 days. And what we did in January, our first event was you don't have to cook night. And what that means, it's basically a, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's a soup kitchen, but you don't want to say soup kitchen because just for the psychological terms of that, you don't want people to feel, okay, well, I'm, I feel bad for coming here because we want to reach everybody in the community. So what we did was uh, we went out. Um, on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, because you got to understand the context and the setting that you're in whenever you're planning a church. See, out here in, you know, east side, you can do a, you can plan something. You can say, okay, two months from now, come to the church and eat. And people will put it on their calendar and they will show up. <laughs> right? But in that context, you got to hit them, you know, either, if it's on Saturday, you need to hit them hard Thursday, you need to hit them hard Friday, you need to hit them hard Saturday morning. And that's what we did. We had teams and we had teams to go out to different businesses and to home. And we made, uh, uh, the Lord told us, anybody who's out, we're going to engage them. And uh, I got a funny story behind that too. But we end up having, that, that, that first event, we end up having almost 60 people from that community show up to the first You Don't Have to Cook night uh, in January. And what we did, we fed them. Uh, we connect, collected data as far as getting the community needs assessment so we can find out how we can best serve you. If we get, you know, you fill up this thing and you got six things on here. We may, we may can't meet all six of those, but there's a couple of them on here we can meet. We just need bodies, you know. And then I got a funny story because before we went out, one of my partners, AJ, he's joining the church. He's one of the leaders from Strong Tower. 
And he's, you know, we pray. We're like, if anybody out, we're going to make sure they get a flyer and we invite them to this event. So we, we hitting people, we hitting people up, and everybody said they're coming. They end up showing up. So we ride down this one street, and we pass this biker club. And someone might be in here, you just never know. Big white guys, tattoos, you know, the whole thing. So I kept going. He said, hey, you said, you know, <laughs> everybody that's standing out. We're going to talk to him. I'm like, golly, you know, he challenging my faith now. So, <laughs> so I was so nervous. I mean, it was about 20 bikes lined up on the grass. They out there, you know, they doing their thing. So I parked way up here. So I had a flyer, right? I had my flyer. So, you know, I jumped out the car like this with the flyer, like going toward them, like, <laughs> like, and then I look around, he going to another house all by myself. <laughs> so I get there, I start telling them about what we're doing, you know, and then I'm, I'm in the yard, and people, there was guys on the porch, there was some in the house, and then I, the ones on the porch began to ask questions. So now I'm on the porch, you know, and I'm preaching the gospel, now Dwayne has checked out. Like, I'm literally preaching the gospel. And people from the inside began to ask questions, too. And before you know it, they all said, can I get your number, can I get your card? So I ended up giving out about 20 cards, and they said, Dwayne, you know what? If you had to came 20 minutes earlier, we'd have came to your event because we just ordered food for everybody, but we're coming to your church. So that was amazing. Amen. So, um, so that was the that was the first night, and then the second that was in January, and then in February we did we did another you don't have to cook night, and then we also as of I think it was last week, March the ninth, we did love on chisel right, and a lot of this. I minister, most of y'all know my story. I think we, we brought some books today. You know my story. I minister out of a lot of things that I wanted uh, growing up. You know, like I said, didn't have no dad, didn't have uh, uh, moms in and out. My grandmother lost her mind. All my uncles were under the bondage of alcohol. There was just so much stuff going on that we just, I wish, I remember wishing a man would just come in and would just help us, you know, haul some of this stuff out. Come fix some plumbing. Like, I didn't take a shower until I was 19 years old because we didn't have running water, you know. So it's just, like, basic stuff that I was hoping. And I didn't think about the church, but I remember my grandma did used to go to church, and when she started losing her mind around the time I was 12, she didn't go to church anymore. But still, where were the men? You know, like, can somebody at least see what's going on with us? So all of this is, in, is gauged from things that – now, it wasn't just me. I had friends that was going through the same situation. There were times – where when I left school on uh, 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 at 3 o'clock that day, I knew I wasn't going to eat till I go back to school the next day. You know, so people are, you know, these are some of the same problems that's going on in context and communities like this. So we did Love on Chisholm Day. And what that looks like, you know, I had the football team come out because also with the young men, I want to teach them the value of, one, giving better than receiving. God, Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. Like, that's for, better for your heart. But the world will tell you, take, 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 give, 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 give. And I don't do nothing but mess your heart up. You know, step on other folk to get what you want. That just mess your heart up. So Jesus says it's better to give than receive. So I wanted to teach them the benefit of giving and sowing back into your community and serving elders on purpose. We picked out five elderly homes that we can go in and serve, right? But then when we got there, man, we had so many volunteers show up. We ended up doing 11 homes. And what that means is what, what it looked like. We cut their grass. We 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 did the um, weed eating and all that good stuff. We had a team that's on the inside of the house cooking for the homeowners. We had another. We I had maintenance men from the hotel that I used to work at. 
they came out, and some of them were not even believers yet, but they showed up. They came out and replaced doors out of their own pocket. Like some, there's a lot of robbers and stuff happening out there. That door head got kicked in, and it, you know, we couldn't fix it unless you replace it. They're like, nah, man, we'll pay for it. So they were, they were meeting needs, because Jesus met needs, and then he shared the gospel. Too often, too often I've seen ministry real intentional about going into the community doing stuff, but then not really sharing the gospel. Or you can go into the community sharing the gospel, but you're not meeting any needs. So God said, okay, I want to have the ministry deed of Jesus along with sharing the message of Jesus and put them together. So we had some, so in at 11 o'clock, so we started serving from 9 o'clock to 12. So we, we're cutting the grass, we're, we're picking up all stuff, we're hauling stuff off, uh, stuff that need to be hauled off. We got people cleaning, and we got each house has a designated couple just to share the gospel with the homeowner. Like, your job is not to clean. Your job, your job is to talk to them about Jesus. And then at 11 o'clock, we had another team that delivered food to each one of those homes while we're doing all this right here. Then at 12 o'clock, we came back to the church and all, and all the volunteers. We fellowship and we ate together. So that was yesterday. No, not yesterday. That was last March the 9th. And then yesterday, we had another you-don't-have-to-cook night. Again, we did the same thing like before. We had almost 40 people from the community. And I think we would have had more, but it was, the weather was kind of cold yesterday. So, you know, we was coming to some people's house. They were opening the door in their pajamas, so they didn't really want to come out yesterday. But we still had an awesome time. We still loved on them. Each time we have an outreach event, we're collecting data, collecting information. I want your name, your phone number, your address, so we can constantly follow up with you. Because... It doesn't do any good to go do events, but then you're not going to come in and disciple them and help them grow and show them that you love them. So the reason we're going so hard right now because consistency is big, you know. Like this community, I saw that one of the guys came to You Don't Have to Cook Night uh, yesterday. His door didn't get replaced to Tuesday. And the first thing he said to me, he said, Dwayne, I was shocked when your guy showed up Tuesday morning. He said, I told my wife, they here. Like he was shocked because... Sadly, they're used to the church not really keeping their word or not really being consistent in loving them. And the Bible said love covers a multitude of sin. And then another testimony from March 9th. I haven't even got into the message yet. Another testimony from March 9th. Another testimony from March 9th. There was one street that we was on, and I didn't know this. There was one street that we were on serving. I think we had about 30 volunteers. And I know at least about 15 guys from Lee had their jerseys on. A guy that lives out in that community, he said, Dwayne. He said, Pastor. <laughs> he said, this is the first time in 20 years where I haven't seen guys on the corner on their phone, you know, saying, you know, watching out for the police. That's how they say adult, you know. You, you let them know, okay, here come 5-0. And, and watching people come in and make their transact. He said, it's the first time in 20 years. He said, this is one of the most dangerous, well, most active streets in Chisholm. And we didn't see any activity today. Now, what that, what's that, what's that does for the church? It's a praise report, but it's also a conviction, you know. Like, like the song we were just singing, man, the light of Jesus renders out darkness. So all we did was just took the light of Jesus in a dark place, right? So we can clean up the streets, the church. We got the power of the King of kings and the Lord of lords living on the inside of us. And sometimes we just act like he just weak. We the one weak. But he is strong, right? So through our weakness, he is, he is strong. So, all right, so that's the update on Flatline. I, I, I rushed with that because I wanted to, oh, I'm sorry. This Saturday, 
I mean, we're going, we're going. This Saturday, we're having an ice cream block party. And what that look like, I got two of my rappers coming from Orlando, Florida, Calico and Philo. Calico we just signed with God Old Money Record. We're part of the number one Christian record label out. Uh, they're coming from Orlando, Florida. And we call it an ice cream block party because what we're doing, we're renting an ice cream truck on uh, Friday and Saturday morning, and we're going to ride the community uh, giving out flyers about the block party, but you, the ice cream is free. You know, so it's a dollar, it's a dollar, uh, uh, like if you get something $2, we'll make up the difference, but we're going to prepay the guy to ride the community. And there's going to be some area where we park in certain communities and talk to them and still invite them to, because it's going to bring all the children out. We, ain't that right? When you hear that, that doo-doo-doo, whatever that sound is, <laughs> they're going to come out, right? And the Lord said, be wise as serpents, harmless as doves, right? You know what I'm saying? So that's all it is, you know, and then, of course, they're going to rap. I'm going to preach the gospel at the end about a 10-minute message because anytime you do a block party, you don't want to go long in a 10-minute because you'll lose them. They're already walking around, so you gotta, man, you got to hit it real quick. And then um, I'm looking for evangelism. I'm petitioning now for evangelism team. We're going to have uh, horseshoe, badminton, face pain, arm pain, bouncy house, basketball tournament. It's gonna be, just going to be a fun time, but at the same time, it's going to be very strategic in sharing the gospel and gathering information so we can find out who's in our community, who is our Jerusalem. Because right now, Chisholm is our Jerusalem. On purpose, when we did You Don't Have to Cook Night, we didn't want to go outside of a two-mile radius. So after we meet these people within a two-mile radius, then we're going to go to four-mile radius, then six-mile radius, then eight-mile radius. But we want to make sure we don't want to, you know, Acts 1-8 is very clear, right? He says, he said, uh, start first in Jerusalem, then go to Judea, and then Samaria, and then other most parts of the world. So you got to do it in line with the scripture in order for God to keep blessing it. And he blessing everything that we do. I mean, we're, we're not even running into opposition from the dope boys to the business folks to everybody. They're like, man, we want that. We need this. Like they've been waiting on, listen, we all longing for something greater than ourselves. We, some of us just don't know what it is. I didn't find out what it was until I was 26 years old. So some people just don't know. So we're responsible. We're called by God to go out into the world, share the gospel, preach the gospel in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and then teach them what God done taught you. Jesus said, I'll be with you forever. All right, amen? amen. <sighs> All right. Now we're going we're gonna to try to get to this mess. How long did I have? It's 1122. Keep going. Uh, no, no, you got to be more specific than that, brother. <laughs> All right. We're going to talk about grace today. And uh, being strengthened by God's grace. Um, I'm going to skip some of this. This message came to me after a, a failure, not a moral failure. I'm going to tell you, I'm a, it was a failure uh, because, like Brother Gray said, it's about, I mean, I'm getting a lot of opportunities. Uh, to share the gospel all over the country, going, 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 going. And I used to be very, 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 very disciplined uh, when it came to come to my alone abiding time with the Lord. Like, like you know, I mean, I would not do anything besides getting the word of God before I start my day, right? But they got to a point where I think within the last six months, God began to elevate, and I think I just got too busy to do what God wants me to do. And then there's a consequence behind it. So I'll give you a story. What happened that even motivated this message here? I'm in Walmart, right? I'm tired. I don't know what I had did all day. You know, but I was just wore out. 
and I wanted to go by Walmart and get me some toiletries and get onto the I needed some deodorant and stuff like that, some t toothpaste, and I'm at Walmart, and I'm over here by the toothpaste, and here comes some Jehovah Witness. And I'm tired. Right now, I'm about to try to do God's business out of work instead of working out of rest. And it's dangerous when you, 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 you neglect to rest in the Lord, rest in his grace, and then try to function outside of that. Let me tell you what happened. So I know the scripture, so it don't if I talk to an atheist or a Jehovah Witness or a Muslim, whoever, I know how to win a theological debate with you. But that's not all what God called them to do. So this guy, they came and they throwing they just messing stuff. They taking scripture all out of context. And I'm I'm dealing with them, I'm, you know. Dealt with it, you know, like where they realize, like, okay, well, I need you to talk to my elder. You know, you know, you get that right. When you kind of broke them down where they, they stuck. Now they say, okay, well, you matter. We, I was like, nah, I just got to go. And then by the time I took five steps, the Holy Spirit said, now, you know better than that. You have just failed. You won the theological debate, but I want, I called you to win souls. And First Peter chapter 3, verse 15, God said, but in your hearts, Christ the Lord, as he said, I'm sorry, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, but do it in gentleness and respect. So even though, because the Bible is very, very dangerous, right? I'm armed with the word of God, but I can take the word of God to shoot the devil or I can shoot the person who I'm talking to. Just like if I take a, a, a gun, I can take it and sh shoot a deer, feed you with it, or I can shoot you with it. So the, the Bible is very dangerous if you don't handle it correct. The word of God, if it's in your heart, is very dangerous if you don't handle it right. So I have not been faithful in spiritual discipline of resting in the Lord, abiding in the Lord. Therefore, I was not strengthened by the Lord. At this moment, I'm being strengthened by my flesh, trying to carry out God's business. And you would think that you know, after that conviction, after I walked away the first time, I would be, you know, better. But then I ended up hitting another aisle. I came back. I saw them got another couple over in the corner. And I'm really, really tired now because I need to rest. I went over and broke that down and said, man, listen, don't be listening to this. This is what this means. This is what that means. They're taking that out of context. <laughs> And, I left. and then they say, oh, you're right. And they left. And again, <laughs> by then I could tell, I done made this, this Jehovah Witness, these two guys, they upset now. Probably embarrassed too. And as a Christian, that's not a good witness. Right? So God is challenging all, all of us. Uh, and, so, and then if you go down three more verses to grow in grace, all right? Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, but grow in the grace of and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. All right, three areas when it comes to growing and being strengthened in grace is first, understanding grace, experiencing grace, and the utilization of grace. Right? I didn't use it right. I understood it, but at that mo moment, because I hadn't been abiding, you know, the Bible, Satan to come choke the word out of you if you don't keep going before the Lord. You know that, right? You'll forget. Think about stuff that you know you learn, principles you learn, but you took a while and you haven't been in the word, and then 
a situation rise up three months later and you're like, dang, I forgot. Especially if you've skipped from reading your word and studying and praying and fasting, things that God has called us to do because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? This is a spiritual war that we're in. I know Satan hates what's going on in children, so I can't play around. I can't leave any crack open in my life. The gospel closes every crack in your life. All right? So we all in a war. So we're going to talk about three Ps today, right? The first one is power. And that, when we look at power, matter of fact, let's go to 2 Timothy. I think you'll put it up on the screen. 2 Timothy 2, 1. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 2. And we're going to look at that. It says, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So when we think about grace, grace is not merely a theology. Grace is a system, but grace is is a theology, grace is a system. And grace is also a person, right? Grace is a person. So God is telling us what we need right now uh, is strength that is in Christ Jesus, present here to move from past experience to future opportunity. Now watch this. This is what I'm talking about, past experience to future opportunity. Past experiences, we come in here, we just had a powerful experience. It could be last week, great, preach a great word, you're all fired up, and now you're ready to come serving and children. So you got a past experience of grace, a great teaching a powerful word on, on, on this Sunday, and you, you're excited about the future opportunity that you're going to get to come serve in Chisholm, but then what happened during the week? Like, that's not enough to keep you. God says, be strengthened by grace. Be strengthened. You don't have to do anything. Just sit still, abide, and be strengthened. Because we look on the news, we see all this stuff going on in New Zealand, and it just seems like this is horrible. And God didn't tell us to really just necessarily do anything about that. He said, be strengthened. That's why he don't call us human doings. He calls us what? Human what? Human beings. Right? So he said, all you have to do is be strengthened by Christ Jesus. Right? That is, and you look at the word is, that means present tense. Present tense. Like grace is always in Jesus. So be strengthened by Christ, by the grace that is not will be, or not has been, but is in Christ Jesus. Hebrews 13.9 says, Do not be led away by diverse and strange teaching, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by fools which have not benefited those devoted to them. And this is what he's saying. Like, don't get caught up on being strengthened by anything else besides the grace of God. Your job can't really strengthen you to do God's work. Your title can't really strengthen you to do God's work. Your works can't really strengthen you to do God's work. Your status can't really strengthen you to do God's work. I don't care how healthy you think you are. Cannot strengthen you to do God's work. It's the grace, Jesus, who strengthens us. And sometimes we complicate being strengthened. We try to do stuff. Maybe God will be okay with me if I go do this and do that. No, just be strengthened. We were just singing the song, how God's arms are always open, right? He said, all you got to do is just come to him. 
Everything you need is in the grace of God. The first group, and I got this in the back in CJ office right here when God, when I'm, I'm in prayer preparing to come out here. And the first scripture I ever learned in the Bible was Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19. And that scripture says, as for me, that I may be given utterance, that I may open my mouth and boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel. I believe being strengthened by the grace of God that's in Christ Jesus is the mystery of the gospel. And sometimes we miss that. Right? But grace is very, very dangerous because grace is a free gift. Now, y'all know how we do with free gifts. You know that Christmas gift that you got? Because we don't value free gifts. You know that Christmas gift that you got, you really don't want it? You probably gave it away to somebody. Or you didn't handle it correctly, right? So God has given us grace. There's nothing you can do to earn it. But sometimes he still warns us not to mock him with it. Right? He said just because it's free, don't misuse it. Right? Because God said, he said, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, he says, do not, be, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. So grace doesn't give you a, a, a license to plan the sin this weekend. And that's okay. Because you know the world teach you, uh, well, well, just do it and then apologize later. That is not the system of God. That's not the system of grace. But grace is there when you fall. Because you're going to fall. The Bible says any man that says he's not a sin, any man that says he don't sin is a liar. But we shouldn't be practicing sin. We shouldn't be celebrating sin. Right? Point two. Posture. We're talking about three Ps. First, first P is power. The second P is posture. Now, the word posture means it's a particular way of dealing with or considering something. An approach or an attitude. Like, meaning you, we're supposed to have the right posture when it comes to God. Right? And also, not only having the right posture when it comes to God, but understanding the posture that he have when it comes to you. Like, what posture, what ways, what attitude does God have towards the believer? Right? Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to go 1 through 8. I don't know if I gave you all that. Oh, I did? Okay, cool. All right. And you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. Let me stop there for a second, especially because I see a lot of young people in here. Y'all need to understand that Satan is the prince. This We just read it. He's the prince of the power of the air. And he uses airwaves music, video, the internet. Do me a favor. This ain't in the message. Somebody Google the word enter. I-N-T-E-R. We already know what net means. Somebody Google that for me real quick. I-N-T-E-R. I need a young person to do it real quick. I-N-T-E-R. It's going to bless you because you need to be aware who you're dealing with. And just, listen, God says he'll take what was meant for evil and make it for good, but you got to be careful what it say, young man? I-N-T-E-R. What it say? Stand up for me. I-N-T-E-R. Somebody's got it. You got it? What it say? It says, place a corpse in a grave or tomb, typically with funeral rites. All right. So enter grave, corpse, to place you in a grave, net. 
internet. You know, anytime you want to catch something, you use a what? A net. Satan is the prince of the air, and his job is to catch you, put you in a grave through the internet. And then if you look at, especially right now with our young people, Snapchat. Right? I can't stand Snapchat. One, one, there's no accountability for it. But if you look at the word snap, snap means to break completely. And then chat. So it's designed to break you spiritually, physically, mentally through your words. So that's why you can be on Snapchat and, and, and some, see what somebody's doing or hear all this filthiness and breaking your spirit. You dealing with the prince or the power of the air, the airwaves. So that's why you can be on Instagram and you know you've been on there too long or Snapchat and you tell yourself, I'm getting off in 10 minutes. And an hour later, you still like this and you knew you had, you even set an alarm to make yourself get off. Am I lying? Because now Satan has caught you in his net and he's filling your mind with things but the grace of God. So instead of you being strengthened by grace, you're being weakened by sin and destruction and false teaching and antichrist teaching. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. So God wants to strengthen us. Satan wants to weaken you. He wants to destroy you. So sometimes we might have to pull back, not just the internet. If you wake up in the morning and before you get in your word, you're on Fox News, and you know there's nothing good going to come off that, right? Or you don't see any, there's nothing good going to come off that. So you just started your day with that, and now you get to work, and somebody say something that you don't like, because you ain't even... You ain't getting your word, so now you're easily offended. Instead of witnessing, you gossiping now. Now you Snapchatting. As a grown person, you're not being strengthened by God's grace. So start your day all right. Okay, we back to, that wasn't in the, the, the message, but we back to God posture toward us because that's something that you do need to understand. That's going to help you in all situations once you understand like what's God's thoughts toward Dwayne Rummer. I don't think I'm a, I was talking to the brother here today I don't even think I'm a good preacher. I do more I split more verbs and more prepositions at the end of my sentence than anybody you know. I got an overbite. I can't really talk. You know, but, so I don't think that I'm a good preacher but it ain't about what I think, what God thinks. You understand what I'm saying? So what you know because, see, you, you, if you're not careful, you'll go on what you think about yourself rather than understanding what God thinks about you, his attitude towards you, his posture towards you. That's the only thing that really matters. Right? Amen. All right, where well, we stop off here? Prince of the power of the L, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, 
made us alive together with Christ. By grace, we have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And I always go back to Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And it is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Huh? Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in the... Listen, that's what God said. Right? It ain't my words. You read for yourself. God said we were created for good works. But Satan know, Satan know the Bible better than we do. So he know that. He know that you were created for good works. So he's going to work overtime to try to get you to do bad works. And even doing no works is bad work. Saying the omission is real too. Power and posture come through grace. Let's look at this verse right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. It says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me, posture, was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not, not I, but the grace of God that is with me. That means the power. So even here, Paul, then you know, I understand who I am in the Lord. It was his grace that did this. But even though I did good works, it wasn't me. It was the Lord. It was his grace. So you got to understand both of those. So you won't get proud and get lifted up. Because, see, say no, weaken you there. I'm tempted. Many times, people are always trying to give me credit. And I know some of this stuff is spiritual. I was at um, Eastdale Mall. It's a guy that God had used me. He was a real, real, he was on alcohol. He's an alcoholic. There were times I had to go get him out of the ditch. Like, literally, he didn't know where he was. His wife would call me. I'd go get him out of the ditch. He changed his life. I hadn't seen him in about a year. We were at Eastdale Mall in J.C. Penney. I had another young fellow I was discipling, and I saw him go in the store, and I called him. And don't look like he really wanted to see me because I don't know what he was into at that time. But he came over to the car, and uh, he entered. He said, I told, I, he said, hey, man, yeah. He had his friend. He said, yeah, man, this is Dwayne, man. This guy saved my life. Man, if it weren't for him, man, I don't know why I'd be. I said, nah, bro, it was, it was the Lord, man. It wasn't really me. Um, and then I introduced him to the guy who was in the car with me. And then he looked at me, and it was like the devil himself looked at me. He leaned in on the car. He said, man, come on. Take a little credit. See, I knew then. He ain't talking to me no more. This ain't him. This somebody else. He begged me to take credit. And I rebuked. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, it was the Lord Jesus who saved you. I said, he used me, but it was him to save you. Amen. And see, young folks, you will be tempted to take some of God's credit. According to this scripture right here, Paul made it clear. He said, he's the only country. I work very hard. I work harder than any of them. And you know that's that's the thing right now. They, man, you outwork him. Don't let nobody outwork you. You boom, 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 boom. You outwork them. But he said, but 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 even though I outwork, even though I work harder than any of them, it was not I, but the grace of God with me. That's listen, that destroys Satan in your life. Because he, he, he want to lift you up in your pride. 
You know, the pride of life. He said the three things in the world are going to destroy you. The pride of life, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye. All right? Now, last point that we've done. So we talked about power. We talked about posture. And now we're talking about the present, the gift. Why we receive grace, right? We receive grace to be saved. But why do we receive grace? Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. I think I said that one. Amen. This is the bow tie. We're going to wrap it up. All right? Bow tie meaning gift. Oh, we're talking about present gift. That was fresh. <laughs> Amen. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, on behalf of you Gentiles, as us, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. Grace comes from heaven to us, to others. That's the whole point. So that's why it's important that we be strengthened by grace. Because if we're not strengthened by grace, we can't receive it, and then we can't Give it away. How do you know whether or not you've been strengthened by grace? When last time you witnessed? When the last time you had a personal evangelical moment? That's when you're understanding grace and what it means to be strengthened by grace. Because we witnessed through grace. God said it was given to us. It come from heaven. To us, out from us. You can't give away something you ain't got. So God wants to be strengthened by grace so that we can receive it for ourselves and so that we can give it to others. And that's what's going to change this nation. Us allowing the grace of God to flow through us out to others. It's, and Satan going to put all kind of barriers up to why you shouldn't witness to this person, why you shouldn't love on that person. We ain't, we, listen, I'm Republican, you Democrat. I'm Auburn, you Alabama. I'm black, you white. None of that stuff matters with God. None of it. You live on the east side, I live on the west side. None of that matters. He wants us to be strengthened by his grace because it's good for us. Listen, with grace come power, victory, joy, peace, direction, authority. So you can't get joy nowhere else. You can't get peace nowhere. Nobody else even offered to you. Joy only comes from the Lord. Young people, you can get, see, that's, a, that's why it's a word, it's a such thing as a word as unhappy, but there's not a such word as unjoy. See, happiness, it depends on what's happening in your life right now. If, if good things are happening, you're happy. If bad things are happening, you're unhappy. But the joy that comes from the Lord, bad things can be happening, and I still got joy. Good things can be happening, I still got joy. Joy only comes through the Lord. Be strengthened by his grace so that that grace can flow through you to others.
In Jesus' name, amen? Friends, we have been challenged deeply from God's word. Uh, Dwayne, I'm sitting here thinking about this idea as the praise band comes. Just want us to dwell on this. Are we strengthened by grace or being weakened by sin? Man, friends, as we've been working our way through Paul's letter to the people in Ephesus and to us in the book of Ephesians, is that what we've been seeing over and over again? Putting off the sin and putting on righteousness. Being strengthened by God's grace. That, a grace that doesn't just leave us where we are, but a grace that changes us. I love the way you phrased it, Dwayne, about how God's grace comes from heaven to us, to others. It's not designed to stop with us because our lives aren't about us. Dwayne, you've just like wrapped up so well, so much of what we've been studying recently, and we are so grateful for that challenge. As we get to close this morning by singing a song you've sung before called He Will Hold Me Fast. It is a song all about the grace of God that's come from heaven to us. It's all about him holding us. Our little feeble hands cannot hang on to him. Our little feeble efforts can never get to God. Our feeble efforts can never make a difference. But he is the one who's holding us and we could not hold on to him. So just stand as we sing about the grace of God and he will hold me fast.